Welcome to Dad Devotionals with Dave Domzowski. This is the place for Christian fathers, husbands, and those who love them to find the inspiration, grace, and guidance to help you live God's will for your life and finish your race strong. We share scripture readings, prayers, and advice to help you in your personal and professional life. Now pop in the earbuds or turn up the volume and let's get to today's episode. Hey dads, welcome to Dad Devotionals. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death, and upon those in the tombs bestowing life. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death, and upon those in the tombs bestowing life. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death, and upon those in the tombs bestowing life. Welcome to the podcast. I want to talk to you today about anxiety and worry. I was having a conversation earlier today with a gentleman from our neighborhood. He's just a neighbor. Him and his wife were walking by and we got into a conversation as the kids were playing outside. And the conversation turned between me and this gentleman about anxiety and worry amidst everything going on with the coronavirus. And what he mentioned to me is that, you know, we're, we're putting on the masks, we're doing this, we're sheltering in place, we're social distancing, we're doing all the things that the government is telling us to do. But, you know, we're, are we doing, especially Christians, are we doing what, what God tells us to do? Are we focused on worry instead of um, what God provides and what God can do in our lives, even in during a pandemic? And he mentioned Matthew 6. So I brought it up and I just wanted to read to you the passage of where it says in Matthew 6 about do not worry. And um, it starts in uh, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And my, my grandmother in our in her shore house in Cape May, New Jersey, used to have this uh, little plaque that said, today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. And it just came to mind as, as I was reading that, how much we worry. And so it got me thinking, you know, what is the Orthodox Church? Where do they stand on this? And I found this piece about anxiety and our life in Christ. It's on goark.org. Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of America, and I'll be sure to link it up in the show notes. And it's by a gentleman named Marcus Jerome's. And Marcus says this, anxiety and anxiety-related disorders account for nearly a third of what Americans spend on mental health 
annually or 42 billion per year. That's billion with a B. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, roughly 40 million Americans or 18% of the population suffer from anxiety and anxiety-related disorders. And of those people, nearly half experience depression in conjunction with anxiety. And you think about what's going on now, I wonder what that number is now. May not be reported, but is it half the people? Is it double this number here? Everybody just worried about all this stuff going on. With these stats in mind, it's fair to assume that Orthodox Christians are also grappling with the effects of anxiety in their lives and are wrestling with how to work through the discomfort of this emotion. And he goes into genetics and different types of anxiety, like acute anxiety, generalized anxiety, chronic anxiety. Um, talks about cognitive behavioral therapy, which I know is um, you know something common. It's uh, started in the in the fifties and worked its way up. And I know sometimes uh, priests will work it into their counsel. But I want to jump to where he talks uh, about Philippians and what Saint Paul Paul writes in Philippians: Be anxious for nothing, but in everything prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Finally, brethren, whatever things are, pu are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good re report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And Marcus says, not only is St. Paul advocating that we rely on God rather than retreating to our own illusions of control, but he exhorts us to focus on those things which are truly beautiful. By training our minds to focus on content that brings us joy, we begin to indirectly influence the emotions that cause us distress. Additionally, modern psychology has established a link between gratitude and the reduction of depression and anxiety a daily practice of gratitude, which is a focus on our gifts rather than a comparison of what others do or don't have, is also something that St. Paul prescribes in the passage quoted above. Recall that he advises us to approach God in everything with thanksgiving. He even talks about Elder Thaddeus's famous work, Our Thoughts Determine Our Lives. And uh, Elder Thaddeus says this, Our life depends on the kind of thoughts we nurture. If our thoughts are peaceful, calm, meek, and kind, then that is what our life is like. If our attention is turned to the circumstances in which we live, we are drawn into a whirlpool of thoughts and can have neither peace nor tranquility. Hmm. Interesting. And then uh, Marcus adds some color. He says, modern research indicates that our brains simply do a poor job of multitasking. So as we train our minds to practice gratitude, we simultaneously lose focus of those things which bring us anxiety. And then he gets into a little bit more here, which I, which I, do, wanna, which I do wanna share. He says, additionally, recent clinical studies have shown that in as little as eight weeks, we can change brain structures through the practice of, regular, of a regular prayer rule. The amygdala is a primitive structure in the brain integral to the fight, flight, or faint response. It causes us to be reactive rather than responsive. As we engage in our prayer rule and enter into the beautiful and mystical reality of our Orthodox services, which as a side note, we can still do online and with um, you know, things like reading the, the Paschal Hours, 
As we engage in our prayer role and enter into the beautiful and mystical reality of our Orthodox services, we are literally changing the structure of our brains, thereby opening ourselves to a more peaceful experience of daily life, even amidst times like this. And he finishes this piece by saying, Christ and his church offer salvation, eternal life, and the hope of the resurrection. The church is not a type of psychiatric medication or a fabrication meant to calm our existential crises. It is the place where we experience the reality of the kingdom of heaven, and God's love for mankind through the ultimate expression of gratitude in the Eucharist. It is in this experience in conjunction with the best of what modern medicine and therapy have to offer that we find rest from the wor worry of this world. And as we find peace, those around us will encounter Christ's saving rest as well. Now, obviously, it's tough not being able to attend services and experience that ultimate expression of gratitude that Marcus describes in the Eucharist. But we can with our daily prayer rule. And soon enough, we will be able to go back and receive the body and blood of Christ. And plus, hey, by the way, we just finished Pascha. We were in bright week. Now is the time to be joyous. Let's not forget that. Um, and with that, we actually, in the, the Philippians, or no, I'm sorry, I think it was in the Matthew uh, gospel, we talked about Solomon. Or Solomon was mentioned, but guess what? So for Great uh, Thursday, we have some, we, I, I wanted to include the, uh, the words of Solomon. There's two readings here that, um, <clears throat> from the wisdom of Solomon. So we're going to read both of them. But the souls of the righteous are in the hand of God, and no torment will ever touch them. In the eyes of the foolish, they seem to have died, and their departure was thought to be affliction. And they're going from us to be their destruction, but they are at peace. For though in the sight of men they were punished, their hope is full of immortality. Having been disciplined a little, they will receive great good, because God tested them and found them worthy of himself. Like gold in the furnace, he tried them, and like a sacrificial burnt offering, he accepted them. In the time of their visitation, they will shine forth and will run like sparks through the stubble. They will govern nations and rule over peoples, and the Lord will reign over them forever. Those who trust in him will understand truth, and the faithful will abide with him in love, because grace and mercy are upon his elect, and he watches over his holy ones. Now jumping to the next reading, also from the Wisdom of Solomon. But the righteous man, though he die early, will be at rest. For old age is not honored for length of time, nor measured by number of years. But understanding is gray hair for men, and a blameless life is ripe old age. There was one who pleased God and was loved by him. He was caught up, lest evil change his understanding or guile receive his soul. For the fascination of wickedness obscures what is good, and roving desire perverts the innocent mind. Being perfected in a short time, he fulfilled long years, for his soul was pleasing to the Lord. Therefore he took him quickly from the midst of wickedness. Yet the people saw and did not understand, nor take such a thing to heart, that God's grace and mercy are with his elect, and he watches over his holy ones. I say, let us be counted among those holy ones, and then further <laughs> increase um, our ability not to have to worry, because God does have us, and he is watching over us, and we have him to go to anytime we want. Crisis or no crisis, good or bad, um, but we can't be indifferent about it. We need to make it our focus, okay? God bless you, and uh, I'll see you in the next episode.
Hey guys, I want to tell you about Orthodox Unlimited. Check out orthodoxunlimited.com for custom Orthodox Christian apparel, including t-shirts and sweatshirts. Let's support Subdeacon Nectarios, a DC-based Orthodox Christian entrepreneur. Shirts come in a variety of colors, and he's in the process of adding new designs as we speak. Let's support the faithful among us and show some love to our brethren. That's orthodoxunlimited.com. Our faith, our culture, live Orthodox. Thank you for listening to Dad Devotionals with me, Dave Domzowski. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and also email us at daddevotionals at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash daddevotionals and also youtube.com slash daddevotionals. Make sure to subscribe, like us, do whatever you got to do to stay in touch. Thank you for listening.